menopause and sex, mm. loss of libido, dry vaginas, and no more intimacy. That's the story we hear too often. But this week's guest, Jackie Oliver, psychosexual relationship specialist from End the Problem, thinks otherwise. And definitely that we can learn techniques and tools as well as working with our emotions to rebuild our most intimate relationships and enjoy sex at a time of life when we should be doing that. Kids are gone. Periods are over. Wow, we should be having fun. And you want to hear about how you can orgasm the first time when you're 76? Well, you'll have to listen right to the end of the podcast. So let's dive in for a wonderful conversation. Welcome to another episode of The Menopause Project. This is the show where women share their experiences of their peri to post-menopause transition and where experts empower and educate you around different aspects of living well and having a positive mindset. I am your host, Clarissa Christensen. I'm a menopause transition specialist and I am also a speaker and an author. I have a deep passion that women can thrive through this time of life with the right support and knowledge. So join me each week as I interview a different guest on a different aspect of this, probably the biggest transition in a woman's life. Welcome to another episode of The Menopause Project. And today we're going to talk about sex, intimacy, relationships, and why this is something that can be very tricky as we go through menopause and it can cause a lot of issues between our partners and it can leave us feeling lost and isolated but I don't believe that it has to be like that and I know that my guest today doesn't either so I'm delighted to invite on the show Jackie Oliver this is her area of specialism emotional and sexual mastery And she is both an author and a co-creator of wonderful techniques that help women and men at this time of life. Welcome to the show, Jackie. Thank you, Clarissa. It's a pleasure to be here. I mean, Jackie, just for the listeners, tell them a little bit about yourself and how you actually came to be working with emotional and sexual problems. Well, Clarissa, it's like so many other experts in their field as yourself we we experience uh challenges in our life i experienced challenges on an emotional and sexual level Uh, i was sexually abused as a teenager and that made me question my ability to function sexually as an adult and was constantly worrying about whether or not i would be able to orgasm of course I wasn't giving my brain relevant signals to enable an orgasm, so I never did. And then uh, my father committed suicide when I was 20, and then I entered into a long-term relationship with a man who was a bit lost in himself as well, and he was a gambler. And together we had uh, challenges in in many aspects of a relationship due to our perceived problems and for him it developed into an erectile dysfunction problem probably due to my uh, loss of interest in sex because I was never able to orgasm I was never able to feel completely fulfilled as a woman 
And when he died quite unexpectedly on the eve of our 15th anniversary, I thought, oh my goodness, I do not want to go through the rest of my life like this. And I, it became my passion to not only understand how to restore myself into an empowered emotional state, but to also figure out the sexual function issues which affect 80% of the adult population worldwide. And through my life experience, and I'm sure it's because of such a strong intention I had to realize the answers, I developed methods that have become so effective, not only in my own life, but in the thousands of men, women and couples whom I've treated, that when we take hold of our emotions, the key to solving these problems are emotions because they affect our ability to think clearly. And when we cannot think clearly, then we cannot take corrective action to restore challenges in any area of our life. And then my methods for solving sex problems, I was having medical specialists who would come to me with these problems and they would tell me, Jackie, the medical fraternity, they have no idea how to solve these issues. I had one, uh, one doctor who had been to medical conferences all around the world trying to get an insight into why his erectile dysfunction problem was happening. He had had prostate surgery, but it didn't happen all of the time. It happened a lot of the time. And he was like, well, what could it be? And he said that they didn't have the answer. Nobody had the answer. And after one session with me, he contacted me within, I think it was two to three weeks, and he says, wow, I'm now able to, even if I start losing my erection harness, I know exactly what to do to get it back. Wow. And (laughs) and this is is something that you and I both know. I, I hear you often mention about the correct knowledge, having the right knowledge. And I truly believe that we can solve, there is an answer to every problem. And all we need to understand is the correct knowledge. But as well as having the correct knowledge, we need to be in charge of our emotional state because otherwise we won't remember that knowledge when we need it. No, that's true. It just, it, then it just sort of washes over us and we never take action to change things. That's right. And when we don't take action to change things and we become complacent, then our relationships break down. Yeah. And, you know, I'm standing here saying 80% of people, that's a huge number, Jackie. And as you were talking, I remember many years ago, it was about 15 years ago, I was actually doing work with um, a pharmaceutical company on sexual dysfunction. And you know, there was never a moment that that emotional side was ever discussed about. People were like, well, take this tablet and everything will be all right. But, of course, it wasn't, and you could see that on the faces of the men that I didn't interview, but also on their partners, how painful this was. Yes. 
See, what happens with medicines will often have a placebo effect. So it may work on the emotional side of things to a, to a degree. So mm -hmm. I've had clients who have said, well, if I take this erection-enhancing drug, then I don't have any problems. And the reason why he doesn't have any problems is because he's not thinking about the problem. And if he's not thinking about the problem, then he's not giving his brain the wrong signals. However, I've had just as many, if not more clients, say that these erection-enhancing drugs or premature ejaculation drugs, or for women it's more along the lines of hormonal therapy, which I tried myself and that didn't work for me, was that if you're not thinking about the problem, then you're more engaged in the sexual act. But the problem is that when you don't know what to focus on during sex, then you may not fully engage the sexual program in your brain and you won't have the desired effect. No, so it's a matter of understanding what you need to focus on. Yes. Understanding what you need to focus on and correcting your sexual focus throughout the act because, for example, uh, as women, we've actually got it quite easy until we hit in a vaginal dryness time. <laughs> but <laughs> That's true. for a male, right from the start, he has to balance his sexual focus. He has to stay hard. First of all, he has to get hard, yep. which may not always happen if he's focusing on giving his partner foreplay. Mm -hmm. Then he's got to stay hard for the duration it takes to satisfy her during foreplay. If she doesn't know how to orgasm, that might be 20 or 30 minutes. Wow. And then when she gives him the go-ahead to penetrate, he's got to be hard and in, completely in control of himself at that point. So it's not all over as soon as he penetrates her. And so there is a lot of misunderstanding within women, especially in understanding the fine line, the absolute balance that a man has to apply to be in control of his sexual act. And it doesn't at all help that any the meagre sex education that we receive, if we received any yeah. at, at our uh, more esteemed age, is that it focuses on safety. But it doesn't tell you how to have sex, doesn't no. tell you what you need to do. No. And so many people will suffer from these problems because the first time they had sex, they focused on the wrong thing at the wrong time and experienced a completely different ex result to what they were expecting yeah uh, and i can and that continues to that. fester in their mind absolutely and, and i and i think that that is the listeners can hear this and they can think well you know just that point that you said that we haven't had sex education except how not to get pregnant <laughs> if if that i mean it was you know, and I'm 60 because yeah. you can imagine how pitiful that was, you know, 50, year, 50 odd years ago in the UK. I mean, it was biological and that was the end of it and basic biology. So we come to this and it's such an important part of being human, but we end up 
having so many issues on probably what people would describe as bad sex. And then I wonder, Jackie, what you think about the fact that I think a lot of women hit midlife, we lose libido, we become dry, and we make that the reason why we don't have sex rather than the fact that we're not actually enjoying this process previously. Well, for a lot of women, just about half, an orgasm orgasm is quite elusive or she's only able to reach orgasm during foreplay or through masturbation and that's a large chunk of the female population. Mm. And then when you put on top of that the fact that 50% of the males have either early ejaculation issues or erectile dysfunction issues and if they don't have those problems, they've had a porn education which means they're going hard and fast and constantly changing position. And for the majority of women, they don't want sex hard and fast. They don't want a constant change of position. And if that's the sex that they're having, then childbirth is going to be result in a lack of libido. Mm. And then once the children have grown up, oh, woohoo, it's menopause. Now menopause is a reason for that lack of libido. And then they're wondering why their partner isn't feeling emotional, you know, showing a great deal of emotional attraction and interest. And that's because a male connects primarily through sex. His emotional connection is enhanced through sex and intimacy, sexual intimacy. And if there's no sexual intimacy, then he's not going to lift his A game. He's not going to lift himself out of complacency. And so all of those little annoyances that undermine a relationship become magnified. Mm. And so here, here we are, we're thinking, well, we don't really have a libido. And yet if we're not thinking about sex, how does our brain know we want the sex hormones activated? Well, it doesn't, does it? I mean, the thing is then that we are then in this strange shutdown that becomes the norm and women just don't talk about it then because this is just how it is. I don't, I don't have any libido. It's lost. It's gone. And, and, and they either, and they just stop having sex. And I, I have Facebook pages that are completely full of women talking about the conflict in this period too you know I feel like he's pushing into me and he's it feels like rape and other women say well you should push back and say no no sex but the way you've just explained it here about how men build intimacy I mean it just throws up why there are so many problems in relationships at this time it's almost like we're completely mismatched and out of sync and it's not that we're mismatched it's more that we need to understand as women that a male's body is fueled by testosterone. They have 90% more testosterone than we have. Yeah. And the more they think about sex and intimacy, <laughs> the more that testosterone is going to be active. And yet for us as females, like we tend to connect more through emotion, but we need to understand that to continue that emotional intimacy throughout the duration of our relationship then we need to enhance the male our male's perspective as well Mm. and with regards to the inner vaginal dryness 
I experienced it for the first time in my early 40s. And the first time it happened to me, I was like, oh my gosh, what's happened to me? It felt like my vagina was just being rubbed raw with sandpaper. Mm. And I was absolutely horrified. And I thought to myself, hmm, okay, well, I, I took my advanced knowledge of sex and how we can increase our own experience and increase the sexual hormones. And I came up with the inner vaginal flush technique after a couple of days. And it was really funny, actually, because I, uh, this inner vaginal flush technique is quite simply like flushing the toilet bowl. It works the same way. So it, it flushes the whole of the inside of the vagina. And I was, I was that concerned when I, the, right after I first experienced, I made an appointment with the gynecologist. I thought, I need to get this sorted out as soon as possible. And then I thought about it. I thought, well, they probably don't have any idea. And that's when I thought I'd figure it out myself. No. And so in the lead up to the appointment with the gynecologist, it was, I think it was about four to six weeks. I was just applying my inner vaginal flush technique throughout the day, just randomly because it was quite fun, but also prior to sex. So uh, if I was becoming intimate with my partner, I would uh, do this flush uh, while I was undressing, uh, when he was coming close to penetrating me, and then a couple of times, once during penetration, once just after, and there was absolutely no pain. Now, when I went to the gynecologist, I was practicing this for about four to six weeks. And then I went to the gynecologist. And of course, I didn't have any problems then. I was just curious to see what she would say. Yes. And she was peering into my vagina and she said, oh my gosh. I said, what? And she says, you have the healthiest looking vagina I have ever oh. seen. How old are you? You can't be 42. <laughs> you have the vagina of someone in their early 20s. Wow. Jackie, I'm just yeah. intrigued. I mean, that's just amazing because, I mean, there must be every woman out there and we're all, or a large majority of us have experienced dry vaginas thinking, there's something we can do about this. Oh boy, that yeah. would be like a breakthrough because I know that feeling. I've ex I experience it. Um, but yes, I mean, that is just amazing. And of course you're right. A gynecologist has very little solutions. I mean, they pre prescribe various lotions and potions, but that's about the limit of it, isn't it? Yes. Well, it's important to, uh, lubricate the outside of the vagina as well, because it's got so many fold of folds of skin, tiny little folds of skin. And if your partner goes in dry, then that can cause the folds. And of course, when we're older, we have more folds. Well, that can that can create a inner vaginal tear, and that hurts a lot as well. Yes. And so, I recommend just using a, just a tiny little bit of coconut oil on the mm. outside. It solidifies in colder weather, so you just store it in a warm place, yep. and you just put just a tiny little bit right around the outside of your vagina. And what that does is it makes penetration easy. So that's from the outside to the inside easy. Yeah. What the inner vaginal flush does 
is it lubricates the inside part. So then you've just got a really smooth entry and it's easy and there, there is no pain. I, a lot of women will experience pain and uh, one of the keys that I teach both men and women to help solve sexual function issues is to use external lubricant. Best of all is coconut oil because it has so many health benefits for the vagina. And uh, that takes the focus off penetration. So if a woman is tight and dry, mm-hmm. then knows that, well, has previously experienced penetration as being painful, then her body's going to tense at the thought of it, which is going to halve the aperture, which makes it even smaller and tighter and more painful. That makes perfect sense. And and now you know what I'm going to be doing later this afternoon or tonight. (laughs) Okay, so... Would you like me to reveal the innovation? I was. I was just to say, I'm so curious about this. I would love to hear, hear Jackie. All right. So what it requires is a simple pushing down movement with your vagina. Now, I have two very clear examples here I think everyone can relate to. The first is, well, actually three. One makes it fun. The first is as though you are expelling a tampon. The other is is if you are giving birth to a child, it's that same pushing down movement. Yes. And the other is imagining that you're blowing a kiss to your partner with your vagina. Oh, well, I like that one. (laughs) (laughs) So either of those three, when I first suggested that it's like giving birth, I I had so many cringes. It's like, um, can we reframe that? That won't relax a lot of women. No, it won't. I can just imagine And, and of course, once you're near menopause, there's less of a need for tampons, and so you don't get to practice there. Uh, But you can always blow a bubble, and it's that pushing down movement as though you are blowing a bubble. And what I suggest is that... uh, So this is also a technique for any woman that has vaginismus, which is an involuntary contraction of the vagina. Yes, yes. So I've been told by clients that that's medically impossible to solve as well, and yet one of my clients felt an 80% improvement after one session with me. Wow. And I think think you've just hit on a point there, Jackie, of how much we're told and how much kind of myth and misunderstanding there is in this area. You know, we're told that's not possible, that's not possible. And yet, as you're doing, working with the emotions and changing the way you approach things, there is real improvement and and a huge difference for people in this whole area of sex and sexual dysfunction. That's absolutely true. And so the part, of, as I mentioned before, a big part of it is emotions because when you are feeling triggered, emotionally triggered, your body goes into fight or flight, freeze or shutdown mode. So it turns in, it contracts. Mm. And when it contracts, then, uh, well, there's not a whole lot that you can do other than run or fight. <laughs> and so by dealing with the emotion, you're relaxing and opening the body. So the body's becoming more receptive. When we're emotionally triggered, our prefrontal cortex shuts down to a degree. So we can't think clearly. We can't 
ascertain what the best action would be right now. We make really bad decisions because we can't think clearly. And uh, on a relationship level, this is why when we are arguing with our partner, we keep bringing up the past. And that's because our prefrontal cortex is shut down. We can't take in any new information. So they may be giving us a completely logical, relevant explanation of what's going on in the current situation. And we're matching it with what's happened in the past in similar situations because we can only access our episodic memories. Yes. And this is why so many relationships break down. And when you want to have those important conversations, you can't because you might have planned it so well in your mind and then you go to have that conversation and you're triggered and your mind goes blank. You can't think clearly. And then you think, well, I've got to say something because I've set up this conversation. And then you go, blah. And like, no, that's not what I meant to say, but it's been said now. And then you spend the next half hour trying to fix what you've just said. And the issue that you wanted to resolve remains unresolved because you keep triggering each other. Yeah. And of course, they're doing that as well. So the whole thing is an argument or a conversation that's going nowhere because all you're doing is reworking each of your own narratives from the past. Yes. And in in the past, you were triggered, so you weren't thinking clearly anyway. So the memory that you have of that past event was only your perspective. Gosh, and it really brings home how much working on your emotions is so important. I mean, it just is, is getting through it, working on those emotions, coming into a very different mental state, and then being able to have a different relationship, which obviously flows to a a different intimate sexual relationship as well. Absolutely. It it just opens up. It it completely opens up a new relationship, a completely new, enhanced, fun, happy, satisfying, intimate relationship where you grow together as a couple and instead of pushing each other apart because you have things going on in your body Mm. or you incorrectly perceive an issue that you think has been generated by your partner, you, you start seeing beyond that. It's like when you reach an empowered emotional state, you're able to see things for what they are instead of what you imagine them to be. And this is actually a really important thing to keep in mind with menopause is that you need to be vigilant about being in charge of your emotional state and choosing to focus on your partner's more pleasing attributes. Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up. (laughs) Because it can be really easy to blame your emotions, your anxiety, and your relationship stress on menopause mm-hmm. when you're just not taking responsibility for the effects of your own thoughts and actions. Yes. And if you're not being intimate with your partner, what motivation do they have to uh, develop, go, go out of their way to develop connection with you when they primarily? connect through sexual intimacy. Gosh, I mean, that is just one of the most insightful things, you know, that, that 
that has come up here, I mean, has come up as, as part of helping people to understand why their relationships are, you know, so often going wrong at this time of life. I mean, so many women you hear, it's like what another guest of mine talked about is their inner bully is out they're bullet they're they're finding fault with their partner they're blaming everything on their hormones and then it just is so often the end of a relationship at this time but as you've said i mean taking control of our emotions which isn't easy is it jackie but but that is the key because it's so often not our hormones per se but our reaction and response to them that is that is leading to the issues we have and then the issues forward you know going on to those that we have with our partner yes and actually it can be quite simple to take charge of your emotional state my partner and I are developing a technique that I initiated some years ago and we've been delving into the neuroscience behind it and what it actually does is it is hijacking our brain we, we found a loophole within how the brain works. And so we are able to reset ourselves into a state of calm. So there's what's called the default mode network, which is where what our brain is doing when we're doing all that negative mental chatter. And what it does, what this technique does is it resets you into a place of calm. So you connect with your core nature, that that feeling that you have when you're totally connected and aligned with yourself. It switches you into that alignment in the moment that you're triggered. And this creates an empowered emotional state where you are immediately able to access those parts of your brain that open up your creative potential so that you're able to think clearly, you're able to see outside of the current situation and see the much bigger picture and to be able to turn your words and your actions towards the outcome that you're wanting to create, which is basically a feeling. We're all wanting to feel happy. We're wanting to feel connected. We're just wanting to We're wanting life to be easy. And when you empower your emotional state so that you're in charge of how you feel, regardless of what's going on at work or at home or with children or with family or in the community, anything that's going on around you, as soon as you notice yourself starting to feel out of sync, you apply the emotional reset technique, boom, you're back in alignment, you're able to think clearly, you don't have to metaphor meditate for 10 minutes you don't have to take do deep breaths and try not to think about the problem which is what the problem is (laughs) and you're able to reset yourself to a calm emotional state and from that place of calm comes all of your creative ideas all of your answers and so you're able to access more of your brain at the same time that is, that is just wonderful. And I, I mean, and you're right. I mean, breathing deeply in situations like that doesn't always work, does it? I mean, you start focusing well, on that. I mean, it's good to breathe and breathe deeply. I mean, that's a big part of what I work with too. But in a moment, 
you know, we often don't stop to do that. It's not easy to remember, but if we can hack your brain, that that is just beautiful to hack at that moment and do it quickly. Wow. And this is because our body has, our brain, uh, our nervous system has evolved to the the first level of our nervous system used to be fight or flight, but it's evolved to a social engagement system where we can use our eyes, our facial expression, our tonality, our hand gestures to reset a situation to a place of calm. But most people override it. Yes, Most people override it. You, you always notice there's a moment before you lose control. The more aware you become of yourself, mm. the more aware you become of this moment in time where you're almost watching yourself lose control, where you're watching yourself overreact, start to overreact, and yeah. you almost feel like a shutter coming down in a camera and boom, you've, you've just launched yourself into fight or flight and it's full-on war. <laughs> with yourself with yourself or with another person yes may yeah and that, and i i can relate to that that there is there is a it's like a pause but it's a nanosecond isn't it it's very small but yes that that window when you're you're a little bit of a witness and and being able to cultivate that is oh yeah so vi- it's so vital for us to be back in control rather than being on an autopilot and then it's you know you're carried away by fight flight your body your body and brain doing their own thing yes and once it's really about understanding like initially for any new technique that you may take on board it's, it's understanding what happens if you don't do it yes because we get a bit of a dopamine hit from going off on a tangent or, or going off into a full-on emotional reaction. We do. We just want to feel better. So we go for that easiest dopamine hit. Mm. But if we have an understanding that that short-time dopamine hit is going to lead to long-term stress hormones mm. such as cortisol, which make us fat, it's like, huh, okay. So if we, we, we tune in with the motivation factors for a woman it's like as we reach menopause it's a lot harder to lose that belly fat and so if we if we have an understanding it's like okay well when i let my when i allow myself to become emotionally triggered i'm triggering cortisol cortisol has this effect on my body yes Hmm. cortisol causes all kinds of problems that's where most of the heart disease comes from yeah and lack of sleep and the other things that women are are suffering from and putting down to the entirely their sex hormones were actually it's back to the emotions. And well, it, it comes back. Yeah, yes, no, you're, you're absolutely right. Sorry for interrupting. No, it comes to your emotions. And I mean, and that's also, you said a good thing about dopamine. I mean, I don't know if people realize it's highly addictive. It's why, you know, our default position as midlife women can sometimes be screaming because, you know, there's a lot of power in, in you know, anger and those emotions that comes from the dopamine hit. But, of course, that's a, um, you know, it's a downward spiral. That's right. And what, what's interesting is that our body uses the same building blocks to create stress hormones 
as it does to create happy hormones like uh, dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins. The same building blocks. If all of your building blocks are going into creating stress hormones, which when your stress hormones are elevated, your dopamine levels drop, (laughs) serotonin (laughs) drops, all the fun stuff drops because it's like a seesaw. When one level is high, the other is low. They balance each other out. Mm. And so when we're constantly stressing ourselves out, which we can do quite well without anyone else involved, is that we're constantly creating stress hormones. Now, when a woman reaches menopause and her ovaries shut down, then the adrenal glands, which uh, have a lot to do with the stress hormones, they also have to produce the female hormones. They do. And so what happens is the, that's why so many uh, menopausal women have adrenal burnout Yes. because the adrenal glands are just constantly creating stress hormones, constantly creating stress hormones, and mm. there's nothing left mm. to divert to other areas of the body. Correct. And so when we become in charge of our emotional state what's really exciting about this technique is when you see the effect that it has on your partner in particular not just yourself yes but on your partner because you can feel that surge of adrenaline coming up and you know it's just so tempting to ride that wave of adrenaline Mm -hmm. But in, instead of doing that, you apply the emotional reset technique. It's like spinning on a dime. You just immediately come back into balance. And they can, they can see where you are just about to go, and then they just see you being completely calm, but not the passive-aggressive type of calm that many women oh, yes. uh, <laughs> resort to when yep. they haven't correctly dealt with an emotion, yep. which is really just an emotional response, a stress reaction in their body. Yeah. If they're trying to override that stress reaction in their body, then they may think that they are hiding how they're feeling, but it's felt by the other person. It, it is. Uh, and, and, you know, that if I do it, I get told off here at home. My husband says to me, stop being passive aggressive. He says, don't do this. You know, he's, he's very strong and very outspoken, so I know. And he says not to do that, you know, because that's, that's just another stressed out response. So he's just, you know, validated what you've said here. But Absolutely. No, I have yeah. one of those too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have to learn not to do it. But when you think about, when you feel about that, your partner feels it. But it flows through to how women feel about themselves, doesn't it, Jackie? When, when we're in control, when we can break that normal stress response, we're also adding to things that make us feel better as a woman anyway. We're not putting on the weight. We're sleeping better. That makes us generally a little bit nicer in the first, in the first place when we feel better yes. about ourselves. And that then adds to the, the relationships that we have because we're feeling more confident, more attractive, whatever, whatever that is, and less like we're on edge. Then our partner feels that, and that is also going to contribute hugely to our emotional um, well-being and the relationships we have absolutely and my partner works a lot with uh, men uh, mostly at a suicidal point and uh, in his experience he's just helped thousands of men over the years through his charity Uh, 
what he's found is that the vast majority of men contemplating suicide are doing it because of relationship breakdown. Yeah. And they don't know what to do. Mm. And because men are fueled by testosterone, their anger comes out a lot louder and in a more aggressive manner. Yes. Even if it's just their, the tone of voice, it's a lot more aggressive. Whereas for a woman, our tone can become very slow and cutting and very controlled and, and deep, or we're very sharp. We have a very sharp tone and we'll just tear them to shreds with yep. our tone. Yep. And we have, we may not realize how hurtful that is to the male who loves us. Mm. And we get away with it because we haven't displayed any outward violence. And yet a male who expresses anger through his biology mm. can lose his whole family because of it, because of one outburst of not being able to control mm. his emotions in that moment He'll lose his wife, his family, his home, um, his income for a period of time. He'll watch his children being fathered by someone else when his partner meets someone else. Mm. And it absolutely devastates so many guys. And so what we do is we educate people on how to restore their emotions, how to be and take control of their life, primarily first through taking charge of their emotions, being in charge of how they react to an emotional response when they're triggered so they can reset themselves to a place of calm, understand how they want to feel, what they're wanting to create in their life and their relationship. And it's always based on how you want to feel. Yes. You can ask someone, what do you want? And they're like, uh, 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 no idea. Yeah. You ask them how they want to feel. I just want to be happy. Exactly. Whatever that looks like. Yeah. And it means something. Uh, it can mean so many things to many different people. Mm. And yet the core nature of who we are is the same. That core feeling that we have when we restore ourselves to a place of emotional calm, it's the same. Yes. And that's what we all have in common. And if we can understand that everyone else, they're going through their emotional challenges, their mental chatter, their negative self-talk, their relationship challenges, their work challenges, they're not feeling good enough, not feeling smart enough, not knowing how to solve personal issues going on in their life. And that can enable us to have a little more compassion when we see someone being annoyed or angry. When we view it as like, oh, they're just just having one of those, instead of taking it personally, which we tend to do. And when we allow that space for someone to just get over themselves, without becoming triggered ourselves, then that can help that other person to step into their power as well. Yes. And we're actually in the process of creating an online community 
using a platform similar to Facebook, but where everyone comes together, they either need a mate or they want to be a mate, where mm. they can, we train them to empower their own lives through the emotional reset technique and mind renaissance yeah. to then be there for others in a time of need. And we're looking at just creating a global movement with this so that we can all get the help and support that we need, but also we can give the help and support that we feel so inclined to do and give when we've returned to a place of strength. That is beautiful. I love that. I just love that because I think that's so needed um, at a time when so much conversation is always focused on the negative. And I mean, we're hardwired to it, but I, I absolutely love what you and your partner are doing there, Jackie. That is a beautiful space to step into at a time that people really need. We need relationships. We need to be able to move forward in them for ourselves, for our partners, and, and for our world. Absolutely, because every action has an opposite and equal reaction yes and how many times have you been in a low state a low emotional state or just not feeling your best and someone has just turned to someone you've just been walking in the street and someone you've looked up and someone's looked you in the eye and smiled at you oh. and suddenly it's like the clouds part you yep. become optimistic again. And it was just that one small act that transformed your day. And then from that moment, you smile at someone else. And that has that ripple effect yep. on that person's life. Yeah. So there are such small kindnesses mm. that transform our environment, which then transforms someone else's environment and just has a domino effect around the world, and yeah. yet that can only happen when we ourselves are in an empowered emotional state. The more that we reach this state, yeah. the more we are able to benefit the rest of the world, the Absolutely. more we are able to influence and really make a difference in the lives of others. Yeah. Oh, that is just beautiful. Jackie, we have explored so much in this short hour or so together. I mean, but I, I just thank you. I think thank you just for sharing and for really letting my listeners hear that, you know, there is real ways that they can move forward in their relationships, that low libido, vaginal dryness, the issues that that creates in relationships is not what we have to have. It's not part of being in menopause. There are real steps forward about our own emotion, control of our own emotions, of understanding the differences in needs between men and women. Thank you so much, Jackie, for that. And I love what you're doing. How can people find out more about all the, the work you do? They can reach out to you if they're looking for help to move their relationships, their sexuality forward. Best way is through my website, which is endtheproblem.com. And if you go 
Um, I just wanted to share one last thing is I had a client who was 76 years old, a female client, 76 years old. She had never orgasmed. She'd been with her, been married, happily married for 42 years, love connected with her partner um, and having sex with them just was never able to reach orgasm. So after a session with me, uh, her husband emailed me about six weeks later saying that she now hits gold oh. every time we have sex. And that's through, that's through penetrative intercourse, not, not through oral, not through foreplay. No, no. Oh. 76 years old. Yes, I hope everybody listening to that there heard that. And I would say that sex can just get better as you get older. I'm, I'm just going to say that for me and I'm sure for lots of women that that is beautiful. And I love that story. Oh my God. I just want to share that <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> it, was, it was just magical. Absolutely magical. And of course I share that just about every time because it's so special. Yeah. So uh, what, what you, I'd, I'd love to do a, a 20 minute complimentary session with anyone who would like to receive more insights and a clear strategy forward. And that's on my website at endtheproblem.com forward slash gift oh that's beautiful jackie thank you for that and just thank you once again for coming on and sharing wisdom laughter and some real insights to the ways forward <laughs> thank you clarissa thank you wow what a podcast interview jackie oliver you rock and i'm off now to practice vaginal flush because I'm tired of having to lubricate and I'm sure that there is a better way in fact after this conversation I know there is and sex at 76 well I'm looking forward to it bring it on check out Jackie's website end the problem and don't think that life is all about no libido dry vaginas and a loss of intimacy and connection with your partner because it isn't if you are a woman who is going through your peri to post-menopause change and you're looking for a more holistic way to manage this time of life, then connect with me, Clarissa Christensen at clarissachristensen.com. Let's book a free discovery call and start a conversation. Next week, I'm going to be talking to Dee Coxon all about how we can shift the conversation about menopause at work because goodness only knows it needs that until next time go well the united states border patrol has exciting and rewarding career opportunities with the nation's largest law enforcement organization earn great pay with outstanding federal benefits and up to twenty thousand dollars in recruitment incentives learn more online at cbp.gov careers usbp